What a song to, I, I love the, the worship songs. Uh, so powerful to remind us how great God is. Make a note, Psalms 145 and three says, the Lord is great, greatly to be praised and his greatness is beyond understanding. Let me say it again, Psalms 145.3, the Lord is great, greatly to be praised and his greatness is beyond understanding. God's not trying to be great, God is the greatness. <laughs> it says it in 1 Chronicles 29 and 11. Say God is the, the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Let me say it again, he is the greatness the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. And we just need to be reminded, what a, what a beautiful uh, worship song to remind us of who God is and what God is, the character and the nature of God, the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. And I love that. That is the God that we serve. And that is the same yesterday, today. Hebrews tells us it's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That doesn't change. We change but God doesn't change. So be encouraged because we serve the God that is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Make a note of it, meditate on that. It's a scripture I, I meditate on pretty much daily just as I get my day started to remind myself of who God is and anything that comes my way that I'm walking with God, the God that is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. It goes on to say that everything is in his hand in heaven and in earth. And so, and, and, and so we just understand that we're walking with God. Whatever comes our way, God already knew it um, and prepared us for it. And just like this storm that we're going to talk about with Jonah, some things you got to go through. <laughs> you get in the storm, you got to go through it to come out the other side. But the greatness is with us. The power, the glory, the victory and majesty of God is with us. So I'm so encouraged today. Be encouraged because of the word of God and who God is. So I want to thank you so much as we go through our announcements really quickly. Thank you for your giving. Um, you all have been a, a huge blessing to the ministry. I pray that it's been a, a blessing to you as well. And, and not only just the, the ministry here, but uh, all around the world, the, the missionaries that we support that are touching lives all around the world. Um, it's just a beautiful thing. And, and in a time like this, uh, we're in a global community. Um, it's so important to know that we can reach out uh, virtually, some physically, uh, and touch different countries through this ministry right here. Uh, if, you're, if you're on your desktop, you uh, go to southbayalc.com, press the giving icon, give accordingly. Uh, if you are on a, your phone, go to southbayalc.com, press the three bars, and then uh, press the giving icon and give accordingly. If you're writing a check, Make it payable to SBALC 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B 279, Long Beach, California 90807. Again, if you're writing a check, make it payable to SBALC 3553 Atlantic Avenue, Suite B 279, Long Beach, California 90807. Want to invite you all to attend Bible study this Wednesday. We had such a powerful time last Wednesday. This Wednesday, we're in 1 Kings chapter 18. Uh, please read ahead of time and then come and share your insights, your questions. 
um, how God is speaking to you or any questions you may have. That's what Bible study is about. It's about us growing together in the Word of God. Extremely powerful last week and the week before that. And so um, with the help of God's Holy Spirit, this week will be no exception. Please make it a, uh, uh, make an effort, make it a point to attend at least two Bible studies uh, per month. I know it's hard to be there every Wednesday, but, but make an effort to be there uh, at least two Wednesdays out of the month. And that's from 6.30 to 7.30 in our Zoom, and the Zoom coordinates are on our website, sbalc.com. And you just press, it'll be there, just press the icon that says uh, Wednesday night, Zoom, bring you right in uh, to the Bible study. So try to make it really easy for you. And then uh, <clears throat> if you have any prayer needs, prayer requests, uh, or praise reports, please email us and keep us in the loop. Uh, as much as we're reaching out to you through our uh, in-reach team that reaches out to the, to the members, uh, please reach out to us with anything that, again, prayer request, prayer need, or praise report, life at southbayalc.com. Please email us and allow us the privilege to pray for you, life at southbayalc.com. It is a privilege for us to pray for you, just like somebody prayed for us. Um, <laughs> we need each other, and today, uh, Remember, we underestimate prayer and we underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit. And so let's uh, make your request known so we can stand in the gap. There's a group of uh, uh, members and uh, of our, our ladies here at South Bay and they're praying every Tuesday and every day, but they pray uh, and agree uh, every Tuesday corporately. And so submit your prayer needs and prayer requests uh, and, and we will be praying for you. Uh, I just want to let you know also that <clears throat> the messages, I'm, I'm posting them immediately to YouTube. Um, so by this evening, uh, this message this morning will be posted to YouTube. If you enjoy the message, do the work of an evangelist. Just uh, copy the link on your phone, text it to a friend who you think might benefit from it, and just tell them, listen to it for five minutes and let me know what you think. That's, yeah, I think they have five minutes. Listen to it for three minutes. Be an evangelist. Send it to someone who's maybe in doubt and question you've been ministering to. Just send them the YouTube link. Uh, say, listen to this for three minutes. Listen to it for two minutes, five minutes, and let me know what you think. And then that starts the conversation with them about Jesus Christ and any questions they may have. And then at least it starts the dialogue, starts the heart, the mind, to thinking about godly things. So... Um, oh, and you, um, and you put in YouTube, put in South Bay Abundant Life Church or put in Pastor Jerome Vincent Carter or Jerome V. Carter. It'll take you right there to the message. So, um, well, speaking of the message, let's get into the word right now. Uh, let's say a quick prayer. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We need you. Speak to us through your word this morning, Lord. We thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Lord, as we try our best to navigate <clears throat> through a dark and fallen and broken and decaying world, God, we need you so much right now. We don't need a, opinions and suggestions and commentaries and, and conspiracy theories. Lord, we need the word of God. We get all that during the week. We come for the word this morning. Speak to us through your word, God, loud and clear. Bless your people to hear. Bless them to receive the word of God this morning. Holy Spirit teaches, as Jesus promised, that the Holy Spirit would teach us and bring all things to our remembrance whatsoever he said unto us. Teach us now, God. We need you. <laughs> we need a word from God. 
Bless your word. Bless your people to hear. Bless them to receive. Bless your messenger to deliver the word this morning, Lord, just like you gave it to me. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would, family, open your Bibles to the book of Jonah as we continue through the book of Jonah. The title, The Good Shepherd, as we're ministering to the lost. And, and I guess this title would be the, the, uh, the root of the storm. Why, is the, why was the storm, what was the cause of the storm? <clears throat> we'll, we'll talk about that in, in the midst of uh, other things that we'll talk about this morning. Um, <clears throat> let's start at uh, Jonah 1 and 3. It says, but Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Uh, underline that he rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord. Went down to Joppa, he found this ship, made an effort, found a ship to Tarshish, so he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. So we see that Jonah is running from the presence of the Lord. It, it takes effort. Sometimes we even pay and then we hang out with them. That's a problem. It takes effort to run from God. We'll pay to run from God. And anytime we're hanging out with them, the wrong crowd, and we'll see that these are ungodly people that Jonah has chosen to ride to uh, Tarshish with. That's always a problem. So uh, we, we put it in our notes last week. Be careful. Don't, don't make the effort to run from God. Make the effort to run to God. And don't pay. Stop wasting your money trying to escape God and spending on all kind of stuff that takes you away mentally, physically, spiritually uh, from God. And then be careful who you're hanging out with influences those that you allow to speak in your life to them. Um, <clears throat> but then also want to make a note that um, how important it is to to listen to the voice of God, because Jonah's running from God. But then as we were studying on, on Wednesday night, it was really important, a, a point that God make made that um, through his word that we had Elijah and God told Elijah to go and hide. So the word of the Lord came to Jonah, said, go speak up and be bold and minister. But it told Elijah to go and hide. So family, I can't tell you how important it is that you and I need to spend time with God each and every day. So God, I can listen to the voice of God, which is telling me to go and be bold and speak up and minister, or if God is saying, no, go hide, be quiet, be humble, and let me speak to your heart. It's a big difference, but either way, we have to be obedient to the voice of God, and we gotta know if God is telling us to go and minister, or to go sit down, shut up, and be quiet. Because you could say the right things at the wrong time, and it completely, uh, you know, nullifies the will of God in that situation because you're out of order. Make a note, we serve a God of detail, order, specifics, and timing. And God will say, no, you need to go hide yourself so I can renew, refresh, give you a reset and a restart. So you need to go and hide and be quiet and be humble. But the flesh will go say, I got to go say something right now. And that's out of order. Either way, it's out of order. Take a look at, um, First Kings chapter 17. The, the word can say it much better than I can. So right now we're talking about the difference between running to God, I mean running from God and hiding because God has told you to be quiet and hide. First Kings chapter 17 and verse two. And we saw how the word of the Lord 
came to Jonah, it's the same God. Look at verse two. And the word of the Lord came unto him, speaking of Elijah, saying, so God is always speaking. Make a note, family. See, that's why I'm saying you got to spend time with God each and every day because God is always speaking. And is God telling you to go and speak up and be bold? Or is God telling you to go pause and hide for his purpose? It's the same God. It's a it's a different message, a different time, a different reason. They're in the midst of a of a famine. Elijah's in the midst of a famine. Jonah's in the midst of disobedience. Um, we're in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> Either way, family, we have to know what God is speaking to us. We, you got It's no way around that. Other than that, you're going through life and you're guessing and you're living on accident. And God's called us to live on purpose, not on accident. Family, it's no way around it. I can't. I don't know how to make it any plainer. Each day you have to spend time with God. You should have your favorite worship song, whether that's five minutes or 10 minutes, and you got your scripture uh, and, you're, and you're meditating on the scripture. Whether that's 1 Chronicles 29, 11 or Psalms 145 and one through three, but you, you gotta be, have, have your time with God and you gotta be meditating and asking God, God, who do you want me to go speak to or do you need me to be quiet and hide and get refreshed and get reset and get renewed in you? Verse two, the word of the Lord came unto Elijah. Look what it says in uh, verse three, get you here and turn eastward and hide yourself, conceal yourself. This is the word of the Lord. He told Jonah to go. He told Elijah to go and hide. What is he telling you? See, you, you don't know because you haven't spent time with him. And you're going and you're speaking when God's probably telling you to be quiet and hide. You need to get refreshed. You need to get renewed. Let, let God speak and instruct and provide for you as you're hiding in the midst of this pandemic. What is God speaking to you? You don't know if you're not spending time with God. You're going through life guessing. And then in the midst of your disobedience, you're upset with people because you don't know what's going on. But you refuse to humble yourself, spend time with God so God can instruct you. You're upset with the wrong people. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. later. It, remember, it, it's never with people. It's always with God. See, I'm out going out speaking when God's trying to instruct me to be quiet. But since I don't spend time with God, I don't know. Verse three again, get you here and turn thee eastward and hide yourself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. Verse four, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. God says, I've commanded someone to provide for you. See, if you're not listening to the voice of God, you're not in position for God's provision. Let me say it again. If you're not listening to the voice of God, then you're not in position for God's provision. They're in the midst of a famine. Elijah is a prophet of God. But you still got to listen to God. You still got to follow God. You still got to worship God. You still got to spend time with God. You're a child of God if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. You're a child of God, but you still got to listen so God can instruct you and God can provide for you. In the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of a famine, in the midst of the storm, you got to listen to God. He said, I've, been, I've commanded a raven. God's commanded someone whether that's through your job or whether that's through a ministry or whether that's through a business, 
God's commanded someone to provide for you and I because God said he will never leave us or forsake us. David said, I've been young and now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. God will command someone to provide for you. Verse five, so he went and did according to the word of the Lord. Underline that. <laughs> Elijah, obedient. Jonah, disobedient. One in the will of God, the other in the midst of a storm. <laughs> Let me say it again. Elijah went, as crazy as that sounded, family, think about it. God's telling the prophet, go to the brook. You're going to drink water there. I'm going to send ravens to provide for you. It really doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to Joshua. He said, go around the walls of Jericho, walk around this big old fortress seven times and shout. And then the walls came falling down. It doesn't make sense. But that's God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Remember in uh, Psalms 145 um, verse three, it says his greatness is beyond our understanding. We're not supposed to understand it. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. So Elijah's walking by faith. God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to go right to where you told me to go. He said, go hide yourself. Let the ravens provide for you. So God speaks. Then God instructs and God provides. So let me say it again. When we hide ourselves in God, which we should be doing every every morning waiting to hear from God, God speaks. God instructs and God provides. And then God speaks and gives us the next directive. It's, it's truly a journey of faith. We're walking by faith and not by sight. We walk by trusting God. We love God, but we got to trust God. Remember, if you say you love someone and you don't trust them, that's an abnormal relationship. You got to trust God with every aspect. For once this year, for once in your life, you got to trust God with every aspect of your life. Otherwise, it's an abnormal relationship. And we have those. You have people in relationships and they love someone, but they don't trust them. They're still in that relationship. But, it, but make no mistake, that's an abnormal relationship. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. It can't because there's no trust in it. Whether that's a spouse or a parent, a kid, a sibling, you love your siblings, but you don't trust them. You, you all know what I'm talking about. Those are abnormal relationships. And God said, it's time out for that. We say we love God. We got to trust him. We got to spend time with him and then we have to follow his instructions. Verse five. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord, for he went and dwelt by the brook cherub. That is before Jordan and the ravens, just like God said, and the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank from the brook. <laughs> God says, hey, uh, give no thought for tomorrow. Take it one day at a time. God's feeding him in the morning and in the evening. Thank you, Jesus. We can't get away. What about six months? From Just worry about today. He said the evil is sufficient enough for today. Just let God provide you today. Walk with God daily. It's not like we, we make plans that it's, it's not like something can't happen and just derail all the plans. Yes, we should plan and make goals, but we got to walk with God daily. I don't know if you've been keeping tally, but things in this world have been changing daily. And all we have is our faith in Jesus Christ to walk with him daily. 
because all this other stuff is starting to crumble and fall apart right before our eyes. So here's Elijah saying, Lord, I'm going to trust you. And that's my prayer for all of us this morning. We say, Lord, I'll trust you. I'll love you and I'll trust you 100 percent. Verse seven, it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Remember, they're in the midst of a famine. There's been no rain in the land. See, and then God speaks again, even in the midst of the, the brook drying up. What do you do when your brook dries up? What do you do when you get the pink slip? What do you do when you get laid off from your job? What do you do when they close the doors to your business? What do you do? You stay right where God has put you. You stay seeking God. You stay there. Elijah's still there. He didn't run off and get into something else because the brook dried up. He didn't run off and do his own thing because God had failed him because he said he would provide through the brook and now the brook has dried up. What do you do when your brook dries up? You trust God and you wait for your next instructions from God. That's what you do when your brook dries up. When you don't know when the next meal is, where the next meal is coming from, when you don't know where to go, when you don't know what you're going to do because you've been laid off. Because the doors have been shut to your business and your job and your ministry. What do you do? You wait. You wait on God. Make a note in verse 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, here comes the word of God again. When you're being obedient, if God tells you to hide, he's going to provide. And then he's going to instruct. And then we have to be obedient. There's no way around it, family. This is the word. Meditate on this this week. For those of you that are anxious about the future and what's going to happen and, and everything, the walls closing in and what if I lose my job, meditate on this scripture. God provides and he guides and he speaks. We have to put ourselves in a position to listen. And see, your location has nothing to do uh, with whether you can, your location has everything to do uh, with whether you can hear from God or not, right? Uh, and and, and it, it does and it doesn't because of geographic location. You could be located anywhere. Elijah's in a brook. Jonah, he was in his, in his home. See, the location is not as important as the position. The position of your heart to be connected to God, that's what's more important. Don't make excuse because of a location. You can be anywhere and your heart can be connected to God. Remember when I was doing prison ministry, I did prison ministry for over 25 years. You go in and we're ministering to the to the women in the prison or the men in the prison. They're locked up. But those that it really had a true conversion and not the jailhouse conversion, but those that had a true conversion. And you could tell they were freer than they had ever been. They were freer than they had ever been had nothing to do with their location, but everything to do with their position of their heart being connected to God's heart. So stop making excuses about where you are geographically or, or physically. Get your heart in position to line up with God's heart and then let, Lord, let the Lord guide as you're obedient and God will guide and provide and speak. God's always speaking. We have to make sure that we're listening. Verse eight, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, get up. Ah, now, see, it's, it's, it's time now. Remember, he told him to go high. Now he's saying, get up and go. And, 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 and Elijah's obedient. It's, I, I, can't, I can't say it again, family, but it, the importance of it, can't stress it enough. 
I don't know what's guiding you if you're not spending time in prayer and, and worshiping God every morning before you leave. I don't know what's guiding you. Give God five minutes. God, guide me. God, lead me. God, provide for me. Give me wisdom on how to, to lead my family, how to, how to teach my students on, at school, how to interact with my coworkers. Lord, help me with my business. God, give me instruction. Truly, if it's God's business, then let it be God's business. Verse 9, arise, get up. Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. Mm, underline there. We talk, talk about being in a place called there with God. Your brook's dried up, and now God is saying, go there. Where is there? Pray and ask God, where is my there? A place called there. <laughs> he said, I need you to go there. Where is God telling you and I to get up and go and minister and be provided for? Behold, I have commanded, just like he commanded the ravens. So understand that God commands everything. Everything is under the command of God. Jesus Christ said he has authority in heaven above and, in, and on earth. He commands everything. He commanded the raven. Look what he's doing now. I have commanded a widow there. Where? There, the place called there. God has provision for that place called there. But you don't know where that is if you're not spending God, time with God because you can't hear the voice of God. You're out guessing. And then you're upset with people and you're upset when doors are closing because you're in the wrong place. God sends the storm to let you know you're going in the wrong direction. Tells Jonah, wake up. God's saying, wake up. You're going in the wrong direction. With that relationship, with that business, with that job, with that ministry, he sends a storm to wake you up. And you're upset with God. And you're upset with people. But it's your fault because God's trying to send you to a place called there, but you're not listening to God. So instead of going to a place called there, you're just out there. <laughs> and guessing. And you're living on accident when God's called each and every one of us to live on purpose. Verse 9, so important to listen. Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a, a widow woman there to sustain thee. Here's the obedience. Look at verse 10. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was where? She was there. There's <laughs> somebody waiting for you, but you're out of position, and you're making excuses, and you're running. Here's the difference between running from God and hiding because God told you to hide and, and then being obedient. You're running into a storm. You're in the midst of a storm because you're running. And you're complaining because God's not providing. You're trying to figure out, God, where are you? And God says, I'm at a place called there. And your provision's at a place called there. And your next assignment is a place called there. But you're not spending time with God. So you're just out there. So he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks, and he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. Now let's go back to Jonah. I want to show you the difference between obedience and disobedience. 
being in a place called there than being in the midst of a storm. Same God, same instructions. Look at verse 1. Just look at the difference. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. It's a big difference, family. And here we are in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> and God's trying to speak. And if you're not listening, you're, you're, you're headed in the wrong direction. And God's trying to guide and provide and minister in the midst of it. Not only to us, but through us. But if we're running, we're never there. Never get to the place called there. The ship, he went to Tarshish, paid fare thereof and went down into it to go from them, to go with them from the presence of the Lord. Look at verse four. Let's pick it up there. So God sent the, but the Lord sent. So make a note. The Lord sent the storm. God's trying to get us, get our attention in the midst of the storm. God's trying to get our attention in the midst of a pandemic. God allowed it. God sent it. Are we going to listen? Are we going to continue to run? Verse 4, but the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was likely to be broken. Make a note, I wanted to share this too, that most scholars believe Jonah was a minor prophet. He wasn't like Isaiah. He wasn't like Jeremiah. Uh, most scholars believe this was the only assignment that God gave Jonah was to go to Nineveh as a prophet. This was his only assignment. He ran from it. Uh, he, he was called to go to a great city and speak up. And then I had to think about it. Um, we got to take it easy on Jonah. We don't even want to go to our job and speak up. We don't even want to speak up amongst friends. He's, he's been called to go to a great city and speak up. He's like, I don't want to do it. And we think about it. I don't even want to, sometimes I don't even want to speak to people we know God's called us to speak to in our own circle of friends. So let's take it easy on Jonah. But they say, most scholars believe this was his only assignment. What's your assignment? What's my assignment? I don't, if I don't listen to God, then I don't know. And then I definitely, when God gives it to me, I definitely don't want to run from it. I want to be obedient like Elijah. But here's, here's the revelation God gave me, and I want to share this with you. So for those of you taking notes, uh, you want to take notes. Let me give you this revelation that God gave me. Um, the storm is not the problem. When you, when you and I, we find ourselves in the midst of a storm, the storm is not the problem. Right here it, it, uh, in verse 5, the mariners were afraid and cried every man to his God. Um, and when you're serving a false God in the midst of a pandemic, you should be afraid. When you're serving a false God in the midst of a storm, you should be afraid because you're out on your own. And the true and living God is trying to get your attention, but you continue to run. So you should be afraid if you're serving a false God in the midst of a pandemic. The word of God is clear to us. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Even in the midst of a pandemic, that doesn't change. The scriptures don't change. That's the true and living God. A false God is nowhere to be found. 
in the midst of a storm. So yes, they should be afraid and they should panic and they should be crying. See, because they don't understand the problem is not the storm. The storm is only a symptom of the problem. It's what God is speaking. God said the storm is only a symptom of the problem. And then they start throwing their stuff out of the, out of the ship. The stuff is not a problem. <laughs> the stuff is only a symptom of the problem. And then later on, they're going to throw Jonah out of the boat, out of the ship. Jonah and people aren't the problem. They're only a symptom. These, we, the, this pandemic that we're in, it's not the problem. It's a symptom of the problem. We say, Pastor, what is the problem? The root of all of these symptoms, whether it's the storm, whether it's the stuff, whether it's the people, whether it's the pandemic, the root of all these symptoms is disobedience and rebellion to God. That's, that's what caused the storm. That's what put them in the middle of the situation. So they're upset with the storm, but they shouldn't be upset. They should be more upset with the sin and the rebellion against God. Isn't that something? People are upset with the pandemic. When is it going to be over? People should be upset because we are a nation that's turned our back on God. And we should be upset with the rebellion and the sin that we continue to thumb in God's face. As opposed to being upset with a pandemic, we need to be upset more with the rebellion and the sin than we are with the pandemic. And I tell you this, if we don't confess our sins and repent and run back to God, this pandemic may never be over. It may never. Why would God stop it? When God's trying to get our attention, Jonah was in the boat sleep. God's trying to say, you can't sleep through this one. Get up and go where I've assigned you to go. Get up and be obedient. You can't sleep through this one. You can't sleep through this pandemic. It's not just going to go away. Confess, repent, and run back to God. Get in position to hear where God is trying to take us individually and corporately as the body of Christ. The storm is not the problem. The stuff is not the problem. The ship is not the problem. The people's not the problem. The pandemic's not the problem. It's because... We won't repent. He, he said, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from our wicked ways, then he would hear from heaven, forgive the sin, and heal the land. That's 2 Chronicles 7, 14. So God's trying to get our attention, and we're sleepwalking, we're going in the wrong direction with the relationship, with, the, with that relationship, with the business, with the ministry, with the job. And God sends the pandemic, wake up and get up and go. We have to be like Elijah, regardless of what kind of sense it makes or doesn't make, we have to be obedient. We have to stand up and grow up. We got to stop sleepwalking. Said that the storm was a, is likely to break. I think I said it last week. 
somebody, if you don't, if you don't start being obedient and start walking with God, this, this storm is likely to break you. The storm that you're going through now. So he said it was, the ship was likely to be broken. And I'm saying the word of God is saying, you don't, you, you got to turn back to God. This storm is likely to break you. So verse four says that we're in the midst of a big storm sent by God. Make a note there's a, because of sin and disobedience, that's why the storm is there. That's the root of it. And we'll see when they throw Jonah out of the boat, when they get, throw him out of the ship, when they throw the sin and disobedience out, after he ministers to them about the true and living God, then it's going to be calm. So we're in the midst of a big, big mess, a big storm, a pandemic. There's three reasons why storms come into our life. Let me share those with you quickly. We see one already, disobedience and rebellion against God. Then number two, it's a test from God. In Deuteronomy chapter eight, I think it's verses one through three, God said he sent them through the wilderness to test them. See, I, I sent you in the midst of this dry, empty, lonely, confused place to test you, to see if you can live by the word of God or not. That's what it says in Deuteronomy. Read verses one through three. God, has, God said, I sent you. I need to see because you don't know what's in you until you get into the midst of the storm. You don't know what's in you until you're wandering through the wilderness. You don't know what God is speaking to your heart. You don't know how much God you have in your heart until you're going through. Till you're going through that illness. Till you're going through that bankruptcy. Till you're going through that relationship that's falling apart. Because of your pride and your arrogance and your ego. And God sends you through the wilderness to humble you, to test you, to see if you can live by the word of God or not. And then the third reason that the storms come in our life is if is when God allows a, a test uh, or an attack by, I'm sorry, a temptation or uh, God tests. And we know that Satan tempts and attacks and orchestrates a storm. And until you spend time with God, you don't know why you're in the storm. Is it your disobedience? Is it God testing you or is it an attack of, of Satan to distract you? If you're not spending time with God, then you don't know why you're, which one of those three reasons why you're in the, in the midst of that storm. And then you want to blame God, but it's you refusing to humble yourself. Then you want to be upset with people, but that's not the root of the storm. It's your sin, disobedience, or the testing of God, or an orchestrating by Satan, and you're upset with people. Again, you're out of position. And, and we read in, in Job chapter one, where God allowed Satan to um, take Job through some, some horrible situations. God allowed it. Job said, Lord, you got a hedge of protection built around him. So Satan gives us an insight into how God protects and covers us when we're walking with God. He said, you remove that hedge of protection and I'll take some stuff from him and he'll curse you to your face. God said, OK, I'll, I'll allow you to do that, but you can't touch his body. Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. So that was a test. So it's three reasons. 
And if you don't spend time with God, you don't know which reason, you don't know which is which, you don't know why, and you're frustrated, and you continue to run and live a disobedient life. Verse 5, the mariners, then the mariners were afraid. We talked about it should be afraid. Cast forward the wares uh, and cried every man unto their God. Notice that's a little case G. So it lets you know that Job was with a bunch of ungodly people. They cast forth their, their wares, their, their stuff that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it, lighten the load. And, and you know, some people, we, we do need to get rid of some stuff. We need to stop hoarding stuff. Uh, there is some stuff we need to lighten, to get rid of, to lighten our load. It's stressing us out. We're piled under a bunch of debt. It's, it's, it's about to drive us crazy and kill. You do, there's a time when you do need to get rid of some stuff. I call it addition by subtraction. You need to add to your life by subtracting stuff from your life. We talked about how these mariners, how this stuff doesn't mean as much as we thought it meant. <laughs> You know, when, when, when times get really tough and you're in the midst of a storm, the stuff that we thought meant so much really means nothing. So they threw it into the sea to lighten the, lighten the load. But Jonah was gone down to the sides of the ship and he laid, and, he laid down and was falling fast asleep. God's saying, some of us, we've been sleeping too long in the midst of a storm. <laughs> okay, it's, it's time to wake up. It's time to listen to God. We can't, you can't sleep through this one. This pandemic is not going to let us sleep. It's not going to let us continue to be disobedient. And while everybody else is going through and, and make a note, some storms you have to go through. So as we go through, God's saying, you got to be obedient. You got to be doubting. You have to be listening to God. Family, God's not going to let us sleep through this one. Let me just share this, this, these last pieces of scripture with you. God speaking to someone this morning saying, you got to get rid of some stuff that's been weighing you down. And just like Jonah, they had to throw him out of the ship. Sometimes you got to get rid of some people that's been weighing you down. We'll get there and we'll talk a, a little bit more about it. He's saying you need to get rid of some stuff immediately before you sink with it. You need to get rid of some people immediately before you sink with them. And then for those of us who's on the, you flip the coin and we're on the other side of that equation and we think we got to get more stuff to be something. Oh, I got to, I got to, my, my, my buddy, he got a, a new car, so I got to get one. Then my other buddy just got a boat, so he, so I got to get one. Then my other buddy, he bought a house, so I got to get one. Jesus is very clear. Turn with me quickly to Luke 12 and 13. I love this. Make a note of this. Especially for us as men who feel we got to provide for our families, which we should do. But then we get caught up in the comparison game. And I got to get a boat because Randy has a boat. And I got to get a, 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 a new car because Roy, Roy has a new car. I got to get this because Clarence and Tommy have that. And I got to get it too. Jesus is clear. Verse 13, Luke 12 and 13. Jesus is preaching a message, a very powerful message. 
He's telling how God provides, how God knows them. How we need to get, get close to God. And how everything is, is done in the dark comes light, speaking on hypocrisy. And then in the midst of this crowd, here's this person talking about uh, money. Missed everything what God said about, Jesus said about life. Verse 13, and one of the company, one of the crowd said unto him, Master, teacher, speak to my brother. He missed the whole thing. Read this chapter in its entirety. And Jesus is like, are you serious? Out of all this good word I'm giving you, all you can talk about can tell my brother to give me some money. Verse 14, he said unto him, man, who made me a, a judge or a divider over you? That's you and your brother's business. I'm talking about kingdom things, and you want to talk about stuff that's going to fade away. So for those of us who think we got to get something to be something, read Psalms 30, 139. God told us before we were something, before we were born, he already made us something. We don't need something to be something. It's what Satan told Adam and Eve. You're going to be like God. But in Genesis 1.26, it already said they were made in the image of God. They were already like God. They didn't have to be like God. They were already like God. But the enemy confuses us, think that we need to have something to be something. When God says, before you were born, you were already something. Youth, you're already something. Young men, young women, you're already something. You don't need something to be something. God's already made you something. Deuteronomy 7, 6 said, God made us a special treasure as his people. We're a special treasure. Don't let the enemy fool you and have you living like trash. You're a special treasure. Don't let the enemy fool you to be living like trash. Then Jesus said in verse 15 unto them, Take heed and beware of being greedy, covetousness. Be careful. Look at this. Here's underline this. Put a star by it. A man's life, a person's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things which he possess. Let me say that again. Jesus said a person's life, it's, it, it's, it doesn't consist in the, in the abundance of things which you possess. So all my millionaire friends and billionaire friends, you just have dollar signs. That's a man-made system that America created. Remember, America's only 244 years old. It's a system we created. We put a, a, a high value on being a millionaire and a billionaire. It's okay. Remember, as long as the stuff doesn't have you, you have the stuff. The stuff doesn't have, have you. You have God. I'm not hating on that. But I'm saying you got to understand, Jesus made it clear. <laughs> Your life, it has nothing to do with how much stuff you have. Don't get caught up in Satan's games and his tricks and his gimmicks and his schemes to have you live like trash thinking you need something to be something. Your life does not consist in the abundance of the stuff that you possess. Then Jesus goes on and tells the parable when you have time, read it. But I wanna take you to verse 33. 1233, he says, sell what you have. Go donate. That word sell means go donate what you have. And I, and, and I, I looked it up in my, um, the translation. He says, when, he says, go sell what you have and give alms. Give to the poor. And you provide yourselves bags or a deposit in heaven which does not get old. A treasure in heavens that fails not where no one there can approach neither moth 
can destroy it. So let me write down the translation what Jesus said. He said, go and donate to the poor. He says, when, when you and I, number one, we're connected to Christ. Other than that, it's just an act of charity, but has nothing to do with eternal value. Because see, when you're connected to Christ, then that makes you a, a child of heaven, a citizen of heaven, right? And so then there's a bank account that's open for you in heaven. This is what the scriptures are saying. Here you go. Here's the difference. Uh, you can't deposit just in the natural. You can't go to a bank that you don't have an account with and deposit money for yourself. You have to open an account. In order to have an account in heaven, it goes through Jesus Christ. When you receive Jesus Christ into your heart, then there's a bank account open to you in heaven. And look what he says in verse, this is what he's saying in verse 33. When you and I give to the poor, it creates a deposit account in heaven that can't be stolen or fade away. He says, go and sell what you have. Not everything, but sell, donate, go donate, give it away. And God is making an account, it's going, a deposit's being put into your bank account in heaven. Huh. So God never asked you to do something for nothing. He says, give, and God says, you have your reward. He'll reward you for being a blessing to others. It guards against greed and covetousness when you're able to give and donate and serve and be a blessing to others. And then there, verse 34, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Always comes back to the heart. Your treasure and your heart are in the same place. That's what Jesus is saying. You can't separate your treasure from your heart. God can, but you can't. Ha! You can't separate your treasure from your heart. God can, but you can't. And where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. See, this is how easy stuff can become an idol and a false God because my heart's into the stuff and it's not into God. And we have to guard against it. That's why Jesus said, your life doesn't consist in the, in the abundance of the things that you possess. That's not your life. Enjoy those things. Be blessed. Be a blessing to others. But that's not your life. Your life is in Christ. If any man, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, if any man, if any person, any woman be in Christ, they are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That's the newness in Christ, not the stuff. That's not your life. Your life is not the stuff. Your life is in Christ. And the scriptures say your life, our life is hid in Christ. That's why I said, don't get it twisted. You can't get around this. Where your treasures are, that's where your heart is also. It's important for us. That's why Jesus Christ in the scriptures, book of Jeremiah says, I'm giving you a new heart and a new spirit. Second Corinthians, we have a new life. Because the old heart, make a note of this and we're wrapping up, the old heart is defective and deceptive. <laughs> Yo, let me say it again. The, oh, we need a new heart. We need to be new creation in Christ. John 3, 3 says we need to be born again. That's regenerated from above because the old heart is defective and deceptive, is deceptive and defective. It'll make you think that because you have a lot of stuff, you have a relationship with God. And because you can go and give stuff away that you have a relationship with God, that is not true. A relationship doesn't come through stuff. It doesn't come through things. 
it comes through a surrendering of your heart, your life, and mind to Jesus Christ. And just like today, what a, what a comparison. The Bible is always relevant. People in the midst of this pandemic, people with false gods, just like in Joan, they're afraid and crying and freaking out. And then here we are, the ambassadors of Christ. We're running in the opposite direction. And we're sleepwalking in the midst of the storm. God's called us to be sober and to be vigilant, to be ambassadors for Christ. That's 2 Corinthians 5.20. Family, make a note. The world is in a panic and God's called us for such a time as this. Don't get caught up in stuff. Don't get caught up in the storm. It's not the storm. It's our disobedience that's causing the storm. We have to be obedient like Elijah. And regardless of how crazy it sounds, when God says go, our God says hi, then we get up and we go. Why? Because we're listening to the voice of God. So God says, get up, wake up and go. Spend time with God because you and I, then we will know where we should be going and what God wants us to do. And the rest we'll have to pick up next week. Go on and bow your heads. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. We need you. <laughs> God, your, your word is clear this morning. The root of the storm is our disobedience and our rebellion against your word. Telling us where to go and how to live. But we don't know because we're not spending time with you. So, God, first off, we ask for your forgiveness for our disobedience. We confess our sins. We forsake it. God, we are going to make time. Just like, just like Jonah made an effort to run from you, Lord, we're going to make an effort to run to you. Five minutes a day, Lord, 10 minutes a day and just build on that. But listening for your voice, the word of the Lord, God, speak to us through your word as we're reading the scriptures as we're worshiping, as we're praising you, as we're thanking you, speak to us, give us clarity. Where to go, where not to go. Should we speak up? Should we be quiet? Should we hide and wait for the next instruction while you continue to provide for us? God, forgive us. Thank you for the newness that we have in Christ. Thank you for the new mercies that greeted us this morning that guides, provides, and covers, and forgives. We love you, Lord. Thank you for your word. Don't let us get caught up in stuff, thinking that our value is in the stuff that we have. Jesus was clear. Watch out for greed. Enjoy what you have, but watch out for greed. Your life doesn't consist in all the stuff that you're trying to, to gather and accumulate. It's just stuff. New, not, new life comes through Jesus Christ. We love you, Lord. We bless you. Help us to trust you. We love you, Lord. Help us to trust your voice in your way. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I, I've never accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Maybe you were invited to the Zoom. Maybe you were in, invited to Facebook. Someone shared and, and, and you came in and heard the message and you're just wondering, Pastor, what, what must I do to be saved? How do I know if I'm connected to Christ? I do want the things that I do to go towards my heavenly bank account, so to speak. <clears throat> That's not why I do it. I do it because I love God and I want to serve others. But I thank God that the word teaches there is a life that God rewards all throughout the scriptures. It talks about a life that God rewards here on earth and in heaven. That's not why we do it. We do it because we know that heaven and earth is going to fade away. The only thing that's going to last is what we do for Christ. And if you've never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart as your personal Lord and Savior, it's, it's not mystical, it's not magical, it is supernatural, but it's really simple. Just ask Jesus Christ into your heart. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Take over my life and make me the person that you created me to be. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me to cover my sins. Thank you for resurrecting that third day to show that you do have all power and authority in your hand. You even have death conquered to show us that when we transition, when we die, we just transition right into the presence of God. Just like Jesus Christ resurrected, we will resurrect on the other side in the presence of God. And Lord, I thank you for that. I ask you that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can live for you. Thank you, Lord, that the word says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, whosoever shall ask God to save them through Jesus Christ shall be saved. I thank you that I'm born again, regenerated from above through Jesus Christ. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you prayed that prayer, if you have any questions about salvation or rededication, please email me. I'd love to send you some scriptures talk with you regarding your decision for Jesus Christ, how important it is, how imperative it is, how Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes through the Father but through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only one that came from heaven, came to earth, cruci was crucified, died, resurrected, and said, see, I told you, then told us about the kingdom of God and how then he ascended up and said, I'll see you when you get there or if I come back for you before then. Just love to share those things with you and the physical evidence, the spiritual evidence, and the circumstantial evidence that points to the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thankful that I've had the opportunity to study all, through, all throughout the, the world, researching the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, Greece and Rome and, and Turkey and the island of Patmos, Egypt, Israel, just researching the validity of the resurrection. So we're not talking about stuff we're made up. We, we took this word with us and we tracked. If it's in the Bible, then you should be able to go to the place. And we, we did. We're in the process of continuing to do that. So when I stand before you, I'm confident that Jesus Christ is Lord and this word is true. Lord willing, when we get through this pandemic, we're headed to some other places around the world to continue to research the resurrection and we'll invite you to come with us. But stay close to God. 
in the midst of the pandemic, stay close to God. Um, and just want to invite you, please come out to Bible study um, this Wednesday. Uh, wow, it'll be the first Wednesday in, in February. What a great way to start the month. We'll be in 1 Kings chapter 18. It's a blessing, 6.30 to 7.30. Um, go to the website, southbayaoc.com. All you have to do is go there on Wednesday night, about 6.25, push that Zoom button, you come right in. You don't have to speak, you can just be there and listen. Have your Bible, have your notes, and I guarantee you will take notes all night as we go through. It is a beautiful time where God is speaking and giving us instruction through his word together. And then want to thank you once again for your giving, whether it's on the desktop, the cell phone, or you're, you're mailing the check-in. Just thank you so much so we can continue to get this word out. Share the good news of the, of the gospel of Jesus Christ to a world that's in a panic right now. Facebook family, I want to encourage you always to push the share button. And now we know that we can go to YouTube. This message will be posted tonight um, by this evening. Um, it'll have the date uh, 1-31-21. Pastor Jerome Vincent Carter of South Bay Abundant Life Church. Go check it out and then just copy the link and then text it to a friend. Tell them, listen to it for five minutes and let me know what you think. Let's do the work of an evangelist. Let's get the message out. Let's start letting people know that Jesus Christ is alive and well, even in the midst of the storm. There's a, there's a, there's a root to the storm. There's a purpose to the pandemic. God is speaking, and I hope you're listening. I love you, and I appreciate you, my Facebook family, my Zoom family, my South Bay Abundant Life Church family. So thankful and grateful to be on this journey of faith with you. And my Carter family, my, my mom and my sister and my niece, my brothers, um, my daughter's son, thank you. Those of you that are um, looking and listening and taking notes and being blessed by the message, I so appreciate you. Hey, family, we have to let people know. <laughs> Give them their flowers now. I love you all. I appreciate you all. In the midst of the pandemic, God is good and his mercy endures forever. Lord, we love you and we bless you. We thank you that you've come to give us life and that more abundantly. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you, family. I look forward to seeing you Wednesday night and then next Sunday. Spend time with God. God is speaking even in the midst of the pandemic. God bless you.